Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rigori, A Day Late, which you might think means that we've taken more time to prepare, but you'd be absolutely wrong. We're as unprepared as ever. I'm Marco Rinaldi. And I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi. Totally unprepared. I don't even know what he's (laughs) going to talk about, but here we go anyway. Um, Well, last week we started off talking about Spalletti and, and Italy, so it only seems right this week to to sort of round off that conversation, I guess, by talking about Mancini taking up his post with Saudi Arabia. Um, what what do you make of it all? Well, I mean, it's all about the timing, really, isn't it? I think, and in whose version of timing you believe. I mean, if you believe Mancini's version, then, you know, he fell out and then this, this happened. Um, if if you believe the Federation's version, he already had this lined up and made a very lucrative exit. It's certainly been, there's been a lot of criticism of Mancini. There's been a lot of people pretty harsh on him. Um, not without justification in the end, if, if you think that he kind of took the money and ran and left his country in the lurch, then, you know, that's that's not a great look. Um, but at the same time, I think what we've said last week that, you know, I still feel some kind of gratitude towards him for winning that Euros with a team that probably wasn't the greatest Italy side that ever played. He got us playing some of the best football Italy's ever played to, to win that title. So, you know, there's my judgment still a bit clouded by that. But but still, it, you know, it, I suppose it's, it's the same with all these players as well. You feel they're kind of selling us a bit short by going for but equally I suppose if it was my career and somebody said you know here's x times your salary to go and do the same thing somewhere else it would be very it would be very hard to resist it, it does I, I always feel you know I mean I suppose it is the ultimate challenge I guess because you know I don't think he's going to win anything with with Saudi Arabia but I, I guess you sell it to yourself as a building project and a you know a very well remunerated building project at that well i, I think they have one uh, this is terrible i don't know what the, the equivalent of the euros is in in the in that area but they have won that the past few times so i think he's expected to win that um, next year or something so he better get better get studying all the Saudi Arabia players <laughs> and putting together a team i mean as on a footballing side i think it's a bit of a shame because i do think he has his faults as a manager, but he is a good manager, and he's certainly better than being manager of Saudi Arabia. But when you're through, you know, when that much money is thrown in your face, I guess it's difficult to say no. But yeah, it does leave a bit of a sour taste that he's the way he's left Italy. I think if he had left after the failing to qualify for the World Cup, then this would be, you know, a more palatable situation. But anyway, as you say, I'm. Still grateful to him for the Euros, and we look forward to Spalletti's first squad, which is going to be named fairly soon. Um, But moving back to Italy and uh, this weekend's action, I suppose the 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 main talking point of the of the weekend goes to our old favourites Juve in their game against Bologna. Um, do you want to tell people what happened with that one? I think that I think it's done the rounds. If unless you've had your head stuck underground for the last few days, it was 
it's unfortunate that this, you know, it, it, we get the same kind of scenario playing itself out um, all the same time. But I mean, Bologna felt very aggrieved, and I, I, I mean, on all video evidence I've seen, very understandably aggrieved yeah. that they were winning one nil. Lewis Ferguson, our good Scott, doing well in Italy, gave them the lead, and they what looked like a golden chance to go two nil up until. Illing Jr. felled a man from behind okay. to stop him from scoring a goal. The referee could have missed it. I mean, you know, that's not mm-hmm. impossible. But then for VAR not to call him back seemed incredible. And then only to add insult to injury, Illing Jr. went up the other end and provided the assist for the equaliser for Dusan Vlahovic yeah. as well. So, you know, if you weren't angry a little bit, you'd be absolutely... You'd be absolutely raging, and I, I mean, I see today that they, you know they kind of come out and say that they don't understand how you know it was a double error. The referee should have spotted it, and certainly if he didn't, VAR should have spotted it. And these are the kind of incidents that fan the flames of conspiracy theory really everywhere. You know, what I mean, when it's the big teams getting that kind of non-decision with video technology in place, it. It it does beg our belief, really. I mean, I know mistakes are still made. It's still humans operating the the cameras, but really, you know, were they just I, I, afraid I, I, to I, turn I, it round? Yeah. And the it, it, did it did it break the narrative that this is UV season to win the league because they've not got Europe? I don't know. I mean, it, it, I just get so frustrated with VAR on situations like this. It's not the first time that that sort of things happened. It, obviously, it gets more attention because it is UV, but. Um, like, how can someone look at that video and say, no, that's fine, let's just continue on? I mean, it, it was clearly a foul. Um, whether it was clumsy or deliberate or what, that none of that matters. It was He stopped the man scoring the goal. So um, I, I really don't understand it. But, um, yeah, it, it was frustrating. But even if you take, that, take away, sorry, put that to one side... After Juve's bright start and everyone's saying that this season's going to be different for Juve, I thought that their performance this week was very, very similar to to the to last season's Juve performance. Yeah, it was. It was a step backwards, I think, in terms of performance, and that'll that'll worry Juventini, you know, because they have only got the league to concentrate on. There is no European, and it did look a bit like a, a reversion to to type, you know, and Bologna looked pretty. Lively and wouldn't you know a win for them wouldn't have been outrageous and you know these are games that if you're serious about winning a title you should be winning quite comfortably I think but you know didn't look that great and so yeah there there were definitely alarm bells I mean it's just I think you leap to judgments on one or two weeks you know at your peril because there there are other teams one of whom sadly will come to in the not too distant future who looked great in week one but didn't look so so great in week two you know it takes time for a a team to bed in a philosophy to bed in so you know I wouldn't get too carried away either in you know in delight or despair for for any team but you know certainly that you've got to be a bit worried for you because they were so excruciating to watch last season a lot of the mm. time that, you know, one good performance doesn't really extinguish that concern. And they haven't really overhauled the side so much to say that, you know, there, there's all the elements there. I mean, yes, there are some new elements and they, they did look good 
in that first game. But you know, it's still I think it takes a a bigger sample size before you can say, yeah, Allegri is going to be great fun to watch this season. Mm-hmm. And and elsewhere we had we had Napoli and and Inter winning fairly easily. Um, but uh, the the Roman I want to speak briefly about the Roman struggles. Both teams from Rome uh, struggling in the opening of the season. Yeah, I mean Lazio in particular bad start. You know, and that that I don't I, you know losing another player going to the Saudi league, Milinkovic Savic. I mean, I don't know that you can just attribute it all to that. I think I read in the background that um, Sarri not really happy with the the transfer campaign this summer and, and you know who would be you've lost one of your star players and yes they have tried to you know replace him but you know as a big man physically literally yeah <laughs> and, and name wise a big man to replace <laughs> but you know but also you know that that I guess if you're building a team, you want at the very least, if you lose a key player, you want to get in um, some important names as well, and they haven't really done that. And you know that's a that's a shame because they did look, uh, as I say, I wouldn't be getting completely downhearted after two games, but there are some uh, alarm bells ringing there. And the same on the uh, on the other side, you know, uh, I'm afraid with Mourinho in charge, you know. It's only about the result, really. You've not got the consolation of saying we're going to play lovely attacking football um, but get beat, which is often our consolation, to be fair, Marco. Um, but, you know, when you're when you're going down against Verona, that's a rather bad sign. And I, and I think, you know, a lovely goal that um, Ngonj scored yeah, yeah. To, to dupe. Uh, Chris Mullins been amazing for Roma, but he got done... Um, very much so for for Verona's second goal, I think it was at the weekend. You know, a lovely a lovely finish. And you know, I always like to give credit as well to the to the wee teams that are are doing are mm-hmm. doing well. You know, and Verona that Lecce the other week got a good result as well, and got a good result at the weekend too. Mm-hmm. You know, these little teams are also maybe showing that they're not they're not as afraid. And I did I think we did see last week that. We were wishing Gilardino well, so yeah. uh, you know, nice for his his Genoa to get um, to get to get the win. So and, I, and yeah, and Retegui to score the goal. Yeah, it was a smart piece of reaction mm-hmm. there as well, taking a stoop and, and head in quickly mm-hmm. on the on the rebound. You know, and that'll be good news for well, possibly for Italy if Spalletti follows uh, Mancini's example and keeps him in the in the squad. You know, so so as I say, I'd. I wouldn't be, you know, alarm bells for for the Roman side because it's certainly off to off to a slow start. Nothing's compromised yet, but that's just a, a feel. There's a bit of a discord there, you know. Roma's just signed Lukaku apparently, so you know that that could well, who knows, could be a big difference for them. Lazio, I just get the feeling that maybe there's not that kind of uh, relationship, maybe. Getting a bit sour between coach and and club, and that's never a good thing, and that does often translate into not playing on the pitch, which would be a shame because they did play some nice stuff last season. Yeah, absolutely. But it is early days. But um, you you touched on it there. Lecce got a good result in the week one, and uh, it looked like at one point they weren't going to get a great result against you boys. You were two nil up 
but they fought back pretty well, it has to be said. They did, they did. I mean, I, I guess with my viola sunglasses on, I see it as I see Fiorentina's feelings rather than Lecce's qualities. But no, they, they were they were resilient. I mean, it was a first half where Fiorentina should have been out of sight, tinkered with us, having said I was surprised that Italiano didn't mess about with his side between Conference League and Serie A in the opening week. He decided to completely revolutionise the side um, for the Lecce game, and it looked like it had worked. I mean, in a game when Alfred Duncan provides an assist and a goal, you really should yeah. you really should be going on to to win. I mean, a, a word for Nico Gonzalez and his heading prowess for a guy who's not particularly tall. He's got some amazing spring on him, so he got the first, and then Duncan a bullet header yeah, for, a powerful for, game. for the second, and 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 he even had a chat hit the post. I mean, you know, I think mm-hmm. the world would probably have ended if that had happened, um, but it proved to be a, a, an important miss because then the wheels. I don't know if Fiorentina thought the job was done. Lecce just had a great never say die attitude as well. Kept, I mean, it was stunning goal. The 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 first goal to kind of reopen the, the game yeah, it was, was an absolute it was, it was an absolute beauty. Bit of bit of a look at the central defensive pairing for the mm. second one I thought, I mean nice header but kinda lost her lost her man. There were two of them and one of him but he got to the ball. Um and then it, again it, it was more like Fiorentina of last season where they couldn't get their way, they couldn't work out a way to break them down again. They came close with Kuame late on but it would have probably flattered them in the end up because the second half they were not they were not great. So the uh, same argument as I was using with Juventus, really, you know, it could be a reversion to to type. Um, Arthur, who had a great opening game, lost the ball for uh, for that first goal as well, kind of got overpowered, and that's that's the fear. Certainly, Juventini tell me that you know Arthur not a man to build a team round because although he's lovely. When there's no pressure on him, if you can put a bit of pressure on him, he's not big enough to, no strong enough to guide the team. I'm not sure that's true if you get the right team around him. But however, it was a setback, um, and you know it was disappointing. Still high up the table, and you know I guess the the proof of the correctness of that tinkering will be found when Fiorentina play the return game with Rapid Vienna and if you know if they can turn that around then maybe it was justified being a bit fast and loose with the, the, the team against Lecce but if they don't turn that game around and go out of Europe then uh, they end up looking they end up looking a bit stupid I would say. Yeah definitely um, and before we leave at the top division just a word on Milan because they've started the season really well their new signings you know everyone was like what a mistake to sell to Nali, but they have. It does appear that they've spent wisely um, and have built a team that, you know, in the past couple of seasons they've been very predictable in the sense that the players that are going to threaten you are are down the left. Leao and, and Hernandez are, are the ones that they were really relying on with Giroud to to knock them in sometimes. But it does seem with with the addition of Pulisic and. Uh, even lost his cheek in midfield and stuff. It, they, they've they offer a bit of a different threat this year. Yeah, I, th- I think that was the 
that was the idea. I mean, I saw a cruel cartoon somewhere about Pulisic saying, you know, right, oh my God, this guy's going to win us the league. And then someone else in the background whispering, wait till he's out for three months injured in a fortnight's <laughs> time, I, I, which is which is hard. I mean, and and uh, please, I uh, hope he has a season without injury because he's a lovely player to watch. And he is, you know, it does give Milan different options because you, you are so reliant on Leal and it, that you could um, a beautiful finish from Theo Hernandez at the weekend yeah, by the way to dink the to dink the keeper that you know to have different tools in your in your toolbox is is amazing and they do look you know the new additions do look to be pretty exciting I have to say um, in fairness um, having having sort of questioned a Juventus decision, I did think the penalty with oh, which they got they got their two one <laughs> was was one of the most. How that constituted a clear and obvious error when nobody was appealing for anything. I mean, if you haven't, seen I mean, I it, think both of their penalties were well. Yeah, I had weak. to go back and look. I had yeah. to go back and look again because I saw the incident, the first one, mm-hmm. and I thought, surely that can't... And I actually watched the highlights again just to make sure that it was as ridiculous as I thought it was <laughs> the first time around. I mean, Giroud ducks down, it flicks off his back and it hits the man's arm. I don't know if that's a penalty in it, almost every handball. Yeah. And I, I, I know that, that, as I say, but to call it back, is that's the most yeah, uh, exactly. astonishing part to me is that, you know, not that you might have thought, you know, if he'd given it, maybe it wouldn't have been ruled out. But to go back and call it, so you know that certainly helped. I don't know, you know, at four one, it might be a bit clutching its straws. But you're right, even the even the second one was was one of these ones where the dynamic was long after the ball had gone. There maybe yeah. was a foul, but and you know that that one I can see more. But the the first one was was outrageous. But regardless of that, the, the, the point still stands that Milan do look. Um, like they've got a bit more, you know, so you can't cover up quite as easily against them because they can attack you from different angles, and so that's only going to be that's only going to be a good thing. Yeah, and uh, dipping down into Serie B to discuss my team, uh, uh, Venezia um, ended up with uh, we we're playing Cosenza, uh, who started the season well as well, ended up with a one-one draw, but. Um, it, it was it was an encouraging performance, even though it ended up as a draw at home. I watched um, the highlights, Marco. I was going to ask you how did it end up as a draw? Because yeah, exactly. it looked. I mean, you you watched more of it than I did, but watching those highlights, I mean, you hit the crossbar a couple of times. You had a, a penalty given and then taken away by VAR. It looked like you lost the goal with a deflected shot. Yeah, the only mm-hmm. time. That you know, the first time you kind of lost possession in your own in your own half. I mean, a silly mistake, but just yeah. the same. You know, you, sometimes you get away with silly mistakes like that. But you know, to be punished, it, it looked like a game that Venezia bossed pretty much, and and you know, it was a nice cool finish for the goal. But really, would be although it was a comeback, I thought you'd be regretting not taking the full three points well from I, it. I would be I would you know part of me is but at the same time I was encouraged by the performance especially the second half I, what it, I did think in the first half it, we we had a lot of the ball but we didn't create as much we didn't look as threatening and then they scored their goal um, against the run of play but he made a change he brought on Bjarkason in midfield for Ellertson and um, he's a player who has been with us for a couple of seasons but never really I think he was out on loan last year. He's never really made a big impact, but it looks like that sort of slowly, slowly approach with him in terms of development has paid off because he he really 
made a difference to the game uh, and helped uh, us to control the game. Andy uh, sounds like a Scandinavian dog trainer as well. Bjarki <laughs> Bjarkison. I does, love that. Does, yeah. it's, a great, it's a great name. I saw him <laughs> coming on. I thought, excellent. He says, this is a name that I can do something with on the Rigori podcast. So good, <laughs> good on you for... Conti- long may yeah, long may it continue. And long may the... Long may the I mean, who knew that Venezia sort of twinned with Scandinavia as yeah, well. This, exactly. this is proven to be a profitable kind of link up deal with with you know the, the Finland, Sweden, Denmark, wherever yeah. else. You know, it seems to be proven a a, a good a good match for Venice. And the, the good news, I don't attempt fate, but the good news is that the word is that Puyan Paolo is going to him ex, well sign a new contract, which increases his. Um, the clause that so the amount of money that people would have to pay oh. to buy him. So it hopefully will keep him with us for for another season. Um, he hasn't started the season in quite the form that he had at the end of the season, but he still looks very threatening. And just overall, I think the time that Vanoli's now had, especially over the summer, to build the team, the players seem to really understand it. So yeah, disappointing to to drop points at home. But tough game on. Well, certainly tough game on paper on on Wednesday against Sampdoria away, although they did lose 2-0 at home to Pisa. Um, but, you know, if we could get a win in that game, then that would really make a statement and, and show that, you know, I would love a season where Venezia are, are up at the top of the table instead of struggling somewhere down near the bottom. But will they be without Vanoli for that game? Maybe? Yeah, because, because he was sitting... What, what happened? Nothing. What happened? I mean, I saw him going berserk, but then I didn't know what the what the incident so, was that sparked um, the, it. One of their players went down, but then their goalie had the ball, but instead of booting it out, he kicked. You know, he passed it upfield. So when we got it back, I think the attitude was, "Well, they didn't kick it out, so we're not going to." And then he started attacking, and then I think their assistant manager came over and started shouting, and then Vanoli shouted at him. But it was it was absolute handbags. Mm. It was a thing where the ref should have just gone over and said cut it out but instead he sent him off and Vanoli's been sent off a few times now um, and it, sometimes it's deserved but I felt it was pretty harsh the, on, the, on, Sunday, the ref on Saturday looked like I don't know I must be getting old because he looked like he could have still been at secondary school he was a <laughs> yeah, red here toy he looked a bit yeah. like a Ron Howard in Happy Days or something <laughs> <laughs> I was it's astonishing I mean this is when you get really old that's what happens, as I say, that the refs, even the referees start to look young. So, yeah, probably one of these ones where a bit more experience he could have just given the, the yellow card. But, I mean, I'd be I'd be encouraged or whatever by, I don't think, Sampdoria don't look the finished no. article. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if Pirlo might have been a, 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 one of the greatest players I've ever seen, but possibly yeah. not the greatest manager we're ever going to see. I, I, I don't know, early... In his um, career at, at Sampdoria, you know, I just I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, this is a perfect match in the in the summer." But I had my doubts about it. It was still plenty of time for him. But the first goal they conceded at the weekend oh, yeah. was absolutely calamitous. I don't know if you ever if you haven't seen it, go and go and watch it because it's like one of those ones. I don't know if you ever played five a sides. It was like one of those ones where your goalie just rolls it out straight to the opposition, and boom, it's in the back of your net, and you think, "Oh, what." What where you doing? What you you know playing it out from the back is great when you get it right, but it's it's so horrendous when you get it wrong. And this was this was an example of getting it wrong. And and globally, their defence looked pretty shambolic, which you know would be a would be a. I, concern. Don't, I don't think they've got a particularly great squad. I think they have had obviously 
concerns about the finances and stuff. And I think maybe to be fair to Pierre Louis, he's not been able to build the team that he might want to build yet. So. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. I mean, I did see a comment on the internet on Reddit. Um, someone saying, uh, Pirlo's really worked wonders with Sampdoria already. Look at, I rem- look at the way they attack. And I was like, they were playing Pisa at home and they lost 2-0. So I don't think he's, <laughs> yeah. he's quite worked to wonders that the no, fans were hoping. No, they did attack quite nicely. But, you know, that's all well and good. But you've got to defend as well, yeah, though. They exactly. defended terribly. I mean, and in, fair, in fairness, I did see the Pisa goalkeeper had one string of yeah, he did, uh, yeah. incredible well, that was a good saves. Save. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that, that, that did keep them out. But just the same, you know, it, it would be a concern because Sam, really should be one of the powerhouse teams yeah. of that division and you know they're not they're not looking at it yet but you know you've got to you've got to give time and my other slight question mark over Samp is that you know is it such a great thing to leap into the arms of someone who ultimately got Leeds relegated as well you know I don't know that that's yeah. I don't know that that's I'd be I, I get that it, it was a welcome kind of alleviation of financial concerns that were greater but I don't know that it's the magic wand that's going to return Samp to where they where they belong back in Serie A but time will tell on that one but uh, you'll be hoping anyway certainly that the Pirlo, re- the Pirlo yeah. revival doesn't start until at least week four of the season, exactly. it's the bottom exactly. line <laughs> Well uh, but I th- uh, we've rambled on enough I think for this week so um, if you enjoyed the episode rate and review us and all of that because that helps us to continue doing this because that's why we do it um and we'll be back next week talking more nonsense uh, and talking about venezia's great victory at sampdoria yeah but not with all this extra preparation time so no no exactly so it'll be a bit more it'll be a bit more off the cuff (laughs) next week in shambolic so you've got that to look forward to (laughs) 